0: Why is that? Well, why has that conspiracy persisted overall?
1: I think it's two two reasons. is it because, One,
0: okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry.
0: No. Well, well,
1: yeah. Okay. So, well, it's, it's been persistently every now and then. Uh, it, it's been revived by people on the left, or even on the far left, who do not want to give up the idea that it was the Nazis who started it. There's even been forged documents have been produced to try and kind of prove. Uh, that the nazis were involved um uh, there have been uh all kinds of bizarre theories that van der lubbe was hypnotized for example or that he was drugged uh, none of these hold water at all um and that's the one reason is simply people who, who on the left sometimes relatively serious uh people have uh, just refused to believe that it was a chance event. There is a widespread, you know, people don't like to think big things have small causes, or major changes in history happen by chance, or that a single obscure individual can cause something really big. Um, if, if you actually work professionally in history, before long you come to realise that this thing do happen by chance, there's a lot of happenstance in history, um, but we are now living in an age of conspiracy theories, in which, as I said, the qui bono to who you know the the idea of who benefits from something must have caused it. That's become very widespread, and there's a kind of conspiracist mentality now that's informed a number of the more recent contributions to this debate. I and mean, you just have to admit it was Van der Lubbe, the poor young man, who uh, who was executed. He was the man who had. Uh, as all contemporary reports um, uh, reveal, started the fire on his own. And Hitler had a record, and later on uh, had a record as well, of seizing on chance events as an opportunist to push through his own uh, dictatorial ideas, even his own anti-Semitic ideas.
0: Going on to, I guess this is number four.
1: Um right, the fourth chapter, yeah.
0: Rudolf Hess. Um, What arguments were raised to support the theory that Hitler sent his deputy Rudolf Hess on a peace mission to England?
1: Yeah, Rudolf Hess is a deputy, and he suddenly, without any warning at all, uh, he was a trained, experienced uh, pilot, and he took a specially converted uh, fighter plane, heavy fighter plane, from uh, Germany to Scotland uh, on the 10th of May 1941. So not long before the German invasion of the Soviet Union, Operation Barbarossa, he landed in Scotland and he was looking for the Duke of Hamilton, uh, who was the head of an Anglo-German friendship uh, organisation, not pro-Nazi at all, a a respectable one. There was a less respectable, more pro-Nazi one with a different name. So um, uh, Hess mistook the Duke of Hamilton who had a fancy title but had no real political influence for somebody really important he mistook this Anglo-German society as, uh, a, a signif- for a significant organisation which was not uh, and he brought nothing written with him but he said I've got an important message uh, Hitler wants peace um, we'll, uh, if you let us the Nazis, if you let us take over Europe then we'll let you the British have your Empire, overseas empire, which at the time was a very widespread one across the world in Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, uh, the Far East, and so on. So, um, of course, Churchill, as Prime Minister in 1941, did not believe him. And rightly, Churchill poured scorn on any so called peace offer from Hitler. After all, if you look at the treaties and deals Hitler had signed, He'd broken every one of them. He'd signed a treaty with with, with, uh, Poland in 1934, invaded Poland in 1939. He signed a treaty with Russia, the Soviet Union in 1939, invaded it two years later. The Munich Agreement uh, signed with Britain and France, uh, take German-speaking areas out of Czechoslovakia in 1938, He broke that within six months. So you couldn't, there's no way any any sensible person could trust anything that Hitler offered. Uh, And um, now this is not a chance event. It's another lone individual. The evidence from Germany, from people who saw Hitler uh, go apeshit after he received a letter from Hess, from his uh, adjutant as Hess was in mid flight, before he took off, he, he sent his adjutant with this letter saying he was going off to, off to Scotland. Um, all the evidence is Hitler was absolutely shocked. He was in rather, rather depressed about this. Um, because the, you know, the, the only explanation was Hitler, that, that Hess was mad, or as we say in the UK, bonkers. And, um, that didn't look good if the second in command for Hitler had been. Uh, now suddenly revealed as a madman. Uh, in fact, there's was a joke. When a in Germany, people tell jokes uh, to relieve the tension in Germany, as they do in dictatorships. And as Hitler he imagines Hess has brought for Churchill, and Churchill says, so you're a madman. And Hess says, oh, no, I'm only his deputy. So um, now, again, the conspiracy theorist mentality that we looked at in the project I, uh, I ran in Cambridge uh, so this can't be right. It's got to be a conspiracy. It's got to be masterminded by Hitler. And then the corollary of this is, of course, that um, the peace offer was genuine and it would have avoided all the horrors that came later. And as I said, nothing that Hitler had to offer would have been genuine. And there's no evidence that he even knew about it before he got the, the letter. But in in Britain in particular, uh, there have been some right wing Conspiracy theorists who very persistently have tried to suggest that uh, Hess was uh, sent by Hitler with a genuine um, a genuine offer. Uh, as I said, there's no evidence of this, and all you have to do is look at the the German evidence uh, to see that this is not true. Uh,
0: now to the to the last one, uh, another conspiracy theory. Um, what are the psychological underpinnings that lead people to believe that Hitler escaped the Berlin bunker?
1: Well, now um, at the end of the war at the end of the war, um, Hitler was uh, um, of course forced in the end to recognize that he had lost, and so he started to tell. Uh, his um, staff he was going to kill himself and in particular after Mussolini the Italian fascist dictator was captured by partisans shot and his body with some other leading fascists strung upside down uh, naked in uh, from a gantry in a fuel station in the, the outskirts of Milan and pelted with rubbish and so on uh, on the 28th of April 1945, Hitler was determined he would not suffer the same fate. He did not want to be put on trial. He was going to kill himself. And by this stage, he was living in a bunker, a reinforced air raid bunker, a very large one underneath the Reich Chancery in the middle of Berlin. Even many feet down through concrete ceilings, you could hear the bombs going off and the Russian artillery going off. It was only a matter of hours before the Red Army made its way into the, the, the area of the Right Chancery. Uh, and so uh, he uh, shot himself, his, his, just after marrying his long-term partner, Afa Brown, who took poison, the two uh, men uh, were detailed to take the bodies up into the Right Chancery Garden, which they did. Uh, a huge quantity of petrol, petroleum gas, as you'd say, had been um, uh, gathered and the bodies were burnt. All that left was, was left of Hitler was the jawbone, which was later identified by a dental technician who worked for dentists who treated his, his teeth. Um, so uh, n- n- more than that, there's no evidence at all, no solid evidence of any kind, that Hitler was ever seen anywhere after 30th of April, 1945, or that Ava Brown, at the end, Eva Hitler, who was a, a professional photographer and, and took many cine films, many, many videos, many, many photographs of Hitler and his entourage before 30th of April, 1945, um, though not in the bunker, um, she, the, the, no evidence, no photos of hers, no videos have ever emerged after 1945, there's, but a lot of, there's a, a whole industry including a 24-part 24, a 24 TV series called Hunting Hitler where uh, the conspiracy theorists rush around Argentina and South America looking for traces of Hitler. They don't find any at all. It's all, it may have been here, he might have been here. I feel he was here, so there's no evidence. Uh, there have been claims that he... Uh, uh, had children with Ava Brown, there's no evidence of that. Photographs are produced sometimes, but they're always of other people's children, quite easily documented, friends of Ava Brown, um with Hitler. Uh, so um, there's a persistent, uh, persistent thread of books, pamphlets, TV programs and so on that allege that he escaped by one means or another to Argentina. None of it has backed up with any solid evidence whatsoever. And of course, like all these conspiracy theories, it ignores the real evidence. It can't deal with it. It just bypasses it. There's a British Secret Service investigation in 1945 by Hugh Trevor Roper, which later historian, uh, which uh, he interviewed a lot of the people involved in in the bunker came to the conclusion that suicide the russians the red army staged a uh, an elaborate investigation interviewed the people who burned the body uh, there's a german uh, court which uh, eventually issues a formal death certificate after long elaborate uh, uh, investigations in the mid-50s so um these uh, why? Why do people then do this? Well, sometimes I think just do it for money. It's just sensationalist stuff. It's so uh, you have to ask why your the newspaper, the uh, it's still going, the National Enquirer. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in in America, you know, you find out stat- on newsstands. These are fantasy stories. People like to it's fun to read them. Hitler scene in Argentina, kind of thing. But a lot of people who involved in. Propagating these conspiracy theories are admirers of Hitler. They say, well, he'd fooled the Allies so many times before. How could he die this squalid death by his own hand underground in the middle of Berlin? He must have fooled them and got away, lived a peaceful retirement in Argentina. Not that Hitler was the sort of person who would ever retire. Um, there's the, the tape recordings of um, Adolf Eichmann, one of the main architects of the Holocaust, in Argentina discussing with other old Nazis how they're going to make a comeback. It's a complete fantasy world. They never even mentioned the possibility that Hitler might be alive. So uh, a, a small number want Hitler as uh, a, a sort of wishful thinking. A lot of conspiracy theories involve a lot of wishful thinking. Um, he could have been put on trial. He should have been put on trial. It's just, he, he managed to escape by the suicide and that was wrong. But that's a minority. It's mostly people who admire, admire Hitler.
0: What do all of um, the Nazis, specifically the Nazi conspiracy theories have in common
1: well a lot of conspiracy theories are not just the Nazi ones have a lot in common they first of all they dismiss the uh, research research of people like me of historians of journalists of investigators uh, as what they call official history, as if somebody was telling me in some government or something what I should be researching. Uh, I find that quite offensive. Actually. But that's if you find that word anywhere, the official version is, then, you know, you're dealing with a conspiracy theorist. Secondly, they join the dots in, in, in ways that are really not very logical or persuasive. They ignore the main 30. They ignore the main evidence. They ignore the central uh, evidence that historians have looked at and they go for very small marginal pieces of what they regard as evidence of course uh, and then blow them up in, in, into the main in, into supporting their own their own theories um, they are powered by a kind of uh, pseudo-logic if you like uh, in which and are driven by belief that everything that happens in history happens because somebody wants it to happen. It's all planned in advance. It's all, uh, it, it's all intended. Uh, and so if you, as I said earlier, conspiracy theorists do not believe in chance or happenstance. It's all has to be somebody inten- in, 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 intending something to happen. And then that kind of reduces history from its um, enormous complexity and ambiguity in many ways to a simple matter of good and and evil and some of course in some places some aspects some things we can say uh there is obvious evil nobody could deny i think or uh, well, unfortunately people do that hitler was evil that's quite clear um but uh uh in, in cases of Hess, Rudolf Hess, for example, or the Reichstag fire, it, it's, it's a huge oversimplification simply to reduce it to the plots, an evil plot and machinations behind the scenes. And that's the final thing about conspiracy theorists is they're mostly marginal people who um, want to have a compensation for their own egos by saying the official version is all wrong. Thousands and thousands of historians, investigators, are all wrong. I, the conspiracy theorist, I know the truth, and that, of course, is a huge ego boost for people.
0: So, when you uh, speak to uh, or lecture to young people, especially today, and um, it seems perhaps that conspiracy theories really cross all age groups—not necessarily just young people today. What, what, how do you present uh, the danger of conspiracy theories and how people should?
1: yeah i think conspiracy theories are dangerous in many ways they pollute the wells of truth somebody said uh they uh propagate a kind of uh, in a way naive refusal to believe the results of serious objective historical investigation or other kinds of investigations they demonize people for political re- reasons they invent false and fake Evidence and one of the threads running through these conspiracy theories I deal with is the invention, the forgery of of, of so-called evidence to prove a point. Um, And they undermine our belief in the ability to get at the truth. Uh, So uh, I think they're part of a wider problem that we have to deal with in the 21st century, which is uh, the, the decline of a belief in truth and the ability of people to investigate and determine the truth. And that is very dangerous, because if we can't believe, we can't accept that some things are true, uh, uh, then how are we going to plan for the future of human society?
0: Uh, just one one last question. It's, it's, it's on topic, but maybe a little bit off. just wanted to get your take as, as an expert witness in the... Um, defamation, libel case of, of Irving versus uh, Deborah Lipstadt, who was just appointed in the United States um, uh, Special Commission. Um, emotionally, how, how did that trial, how did you feel when you had to give testimony from an emotional point of view? How, how was it
1: for you? Well, just to remind everybody that, that this is a libel action brought by the writer David Irving, uh, against uh, the historian, American historian Deborah Lipstadt, uh, came to trial in a high court in London in the year 2000. Uh, Irving lost, uh, and um, he uh, he was trying. We have to remember to get Lipstadt's book withdrawn and pulped, and uh, because she had called him a Holocaust denier and a falsifier of history. And had he won? it would not have been possible then to call anybody a Holocaust denier or a falsifier of history, bringing the two together uh, in the UK. And that would have been a serious blow against freedom of speech. So it was a fight for the freedom of speech. And that's the first thing that that, uh, animated me um, as a professional historian who's worked on on, on Nazi Germany. Uh, And, um, but of course, I've also been interested uh, in the boundaries between truth truth and fiction, how you prove things, um, uh, how do you get at the truth in history, how to use evidence. I've written a book about that called In Defense of History that came out just before the trial. And I saw initially the trial as a way, as a kind of case study in, in these uh, subjects that, that, that had interested me. But as soon as it's a public trial, uh, there was so much interest, we had to move after the first day into a, uh, the largest court and the high court in London, in the Strand. Um, I was the main expert witness. My job was to read through uh, all of Irving's works, to all through, go through his speeches and his um, uh, writings, his notes, uh, research, research notes and so on, and, and uh, try and answer these questions. Was he a Holocaust denier? Yes, did uh, he falsify history? And we found innumerable examples of manipulation and distortion of, of of the evidence that he that he twisted to suit his own political prejudices, which were deeply right wing and racist and anti-Semitic, and all of that you can find in the the judgment, which is public and available online. Uh, and there's a movie made about it called Denial, starring Rachel Weisz and Timothy Spall, which I can strongly recommend as well. How did I feel, to get to your question? Um, well, as I said, initially, I saw, it, I saw it as a kind of really interesting intellectual exercise. But as soon as I, I looked, I was in the court looking at the people in the public gallery where you had elderly Holocaust survivors with their sleeves rolled up and their Auschwitz numbers, uh, prisoner numbers tattooed on their arms and sitting next to young skinheads with Nazi swastika tattoos and so on, um, it became more significant. Uh, and, and the whole it became much more significant than I thought it would be. And in ways I thought it, uh, I hadn't actually realized before. I mean, I'm not Jewish. Uh, I have no family who were lost in the Holocaust. Uh, as I said, I'm simply a London Welsh who's fascinated by the great events that happened in the 20th century. Um, and by history, more generally, uh, but it became very important, I think, and I was very proud to uh, played a role uh, in the court uh, in bringing about Irving's defeat.
0: This has been uh, a fascinating, uh, again, um, the Hitler conspiracies by uh, Sir Richard. Um, we could go on and on, but um, was the time to maybe we'll do a trilogy. Of of, of these interviews at one point. Um, But again, uh, Sir Richard, thank you very, very much and uh, urge all our listeners and viewers um, to take a look at Purchase the Hitler Conspiracies, as well as um, some of the other uh, excellent
1: books published by uh, Sir Richard. Thank you so much. Very good to talk to you. you. Thank you.